Hillbilly Horror Stories presents Eerie Encounters. My cousins live in North Dakota. I spent the winter break there one freshman year while I was in college. We were at their friend's house one night, drinking in her basement with some other girls, and it was really late, like 3 a.m. I was falling asleep, so I decided to walk home. They live in a desolate area with lots of snow, and it gets really cold, especially at night. But the houses weren't too far apart, and when the moon's out, it almost seems like it's light out. The path that we would always take is straight behind the house through some wooded areas, then more open land. As I was shuffling home through the snow with my head down, I look up to my left, my 10 o'clock, and probably 75 yards away is another figure walking in the opposite direction. I saw him a split second before he saw me, and when he did, he kind of jerked his arms, shoulders up a little, obviously startled from the sight of me as I was of him. I laughed out loud for some reason, and just from the shock or something, and gave him a little wave like, oh, you startled me, ha ha, sorry, kind of thing. He just stood there and stared at me. I thought he was going to say something for a second, so I was stopped too, just looking at him. He had a full face ski mask on. I could tell it was a dude because he was really tall, but he didn't say anything. So for what felt like forever, it was just me and some stranger in a ski mask looking at each other in the desolate woods in the middle of winter at 3 a.m. A huge chill went up my spine and a voice said, you need to get the hell out of here right now. I turned and started walking as fast as I could home. I've never been that scared in my life. I was a little drunk, stoned, and very paranoid. I imagined me walking home from the opposite perspective, and the man is running up from behind me with an axe, so I literally just screamed and started sprinting as fast as I could all the way home, thinking that this guy could easily follow my tracks in the snow, and I'm going to get murdered. Luckily, I didn't, but I don't think I'll be visiting them again anytime soon. That's from J. White, 45. A trail I liked backpacking in the isolated area of Pennsylvania was the setting for this odd encounter. The trail has a short section that goes over someone's cabin property and it continues on to the other side of his yard. It's marked with an orange blaze so you can see where to go. Usually it's an empty cabin. I always do some peering inside since it's a pretty secluded spot, probably four or five miles from a major road. One time I was hiking through there, and there was a large dude grilling outside with about 15 Bud Light cans on the ground around him. I distinctly remember him saying, keep it moving, no food here, which I thought was funny since I didn't say anything about needing food. Fast forward the following year, and I decided to take my sister, my wife, and her best friend on a trip that takes us through this very spot. As we're walking up on it, I see the dude is there again, which is odd, since I've hiked that trail a hundred times and I've only seen this man twice. He's grilling again and beer cans everywhere. I see him start to give up the keep it moving signal until he sees who I'm with. Now the girls I'm traveling with are attractive, so I'm nervous all of a sudden. 
He asks us to stay for dinner. Says he has plenty of extra food. I tell him, no, we are good, just trying to enjoy the trail away from the comforts of home. He gets weirdly pushy about a stain, and I firmly say, no thanks, we're just passing through. I hear the dude mumble to himself as we continue to pass his house. This is where things get weird. There is a prominent camping spot not far from this section of the trail, and it's late in my head, so I want to keep going because I don't want to camp near this butthole. The consensus is everyone is pretty tired, so we set up camp. I was nervous the whole time thinking that this drunk dude knows there are three women up here camping in tents near his cabin. I never get nervous around folk I see on the trail because everyone is usually very nice and wonderful to talk to. This guy just felt off to me for some reason. Fast forward to the middle of the night, and I sure enough hear someone on the trail outside of our tent. I'm just praying it's a bear at this point. I hear the dude mumbling to himself, and I panic. I hear him now in the camp. He's going through our stuff, and he's pissed drunk. Okay, think. I realize that I have a blowhorn on my backpack that I use on the trail to scare off animals should I encounter any. So, I unzip the tent slowly and roll out. Dude is fumbling around and it's scary as hell because it's the middle of the darkness in the middle of nowhere. I start to run towards him and I blow my air horn repeatedly and it is loud as hell. Everyone in their tents starts screaming. The, the dude nearly poops his pants and starts bumbling the hell out of there. Everyone is so shaken up at this point, we just packed up all of our stuff and night hiked out of there. Worst experience that I've ever had. That's from Kay in Pennsylvania. My boyfriend, our dog, and I went camping up this Forest Service Road in British Columbia, Canada. I've been camping here well over 20 times. We usually go midweek because it's early in the season for most people. We have the place all to ourselves. Around dusk, two guys bomb up the road on quads and had to go past my car to get to the river, which we didn't think anything of. About an hour later, one guy left. The other guy is still at the river, so after a bit, I go ask if everything is okay and everything is good with his quad, thinking maybe he ran out of gas and his buddy went to go get some more. Dude was very surprised by the fact that there were people even there. He had no idea that they went right past my car and our campsite. Apparently his quad was fine, so I head back to our site. We're peacefully making dinner, and I hear yelling over the sounds of the river. Both of us thought that was very odd, but hey, people are weird. He's yelling things like, F you, and you ruined my life, and some unintelligible angriness. About an hour after this, we're wondering, what the hell is the deal? It's full dark. We've got the campfire going strong. Buddy fires up his quad. We're a little bit higher up than the road, maybe five feet. And he stops at the entrance to our site. My boyfriend walks over to him and Buddy is all, Oh, there's people over here. And he starts asking questions about how many people are here and how long we've been there for. 
My boyfriend lies and said there's a few of us, and there's more coming. He's a smart man. Buddy goes off on his quad past my car, which is parked about 10 feet down the road on the way out. About 10 minutes later, he comes back past the car, past our site, and has some more strong words with the river. Another half hour of yelling, and he gets back on his quad, goes to drive back out, and stops right near my car. We're definitely weirded out at this point and didn't want my car trashed. My boyfriend takes the hatchet and goes to get something out of the car, quote-unquote. Buddy is once again surprised by our presence. Buddy leaves again, but not 20 minutes later go by, and he's come back. Now it's about 11 p.m. We're drinking, but we are stone-cold sober. Buddy stops his quad just below the campsite again. We pretend to ignore his presence and go on with our conversation. I've got 911 out on the phone, a hatchet beside my chair, my hunting knife in my lap, and just about to press send on the cell phone when he goes to leave again. I call anyway. I let the police know what's been going on and if they find two murdered bodies, it's us. Buddy came back two more times. Finally left for good around 2 a.m. I don't think we got any sleep that night. I've never been so unnerved in my life, and I do a decent amount of solo camping. Oh, and by the way, never heard anything back from the police either. Still freaks me out, even to this day. That's from Kita151. A few years ago, a girlfriend and I lived in an apartment complex near some woods and a lake. I would occasionally take my banjo out to this boards on wires with a tarp hut that I found in the woods. Mostly, kids use it to smoke pot, but it was also great to get some real down south picking going on. Anyway, I'm out there one night, because I'm an idiot. I'm practicing chords or whatever, because I still suck at it. Cue sticks breaking, people shouting... Distant slivers of light shining through the hut's boards. So, you know, I ignore it as it all comes closer. A few minutes later, one of them comes in. He seems a little hazy. Are you the architect? Um, no, I'm not. His friend waltzes in, machete in hand, telling me that he's on LSD. I play real chill as he and like four other friends come in and sit down next to me. They start telling me how euphoric they feel and how the banjo playing was euphoric. I guess Britney Spears on banjo should have that effect. And how he brought his machete in case there were crazy woods people. Anyway, my then-girlfriend calls. I calmly tell her that I met some friends. She asked if they were high and if I was high when one of them shouted that they were on LSD. Girlfriend wanted me to come home right away. I told her that I would be home really soon. Really, I just didn't want to immediately upset the machete wankers, just in case. Eventually, I tell them that I need to get home to my girlfriend. Bonus story. I get to the apartment and get chewed out for not coming home right after she got off work. Telling her I was trying to be careful around machete LSD wankers and was trying not to die didn't matter because she's a narcissist like her then-dying dad. 
That's from Alan Wayside. You have been listening to Hillbilly Horror Stories Presents Eerie Encounters. If you have an eerie encounter that you would like read on the show, please send it to hillbillyhorrorstories at gmail.com.